Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, if you want to be healthy, make yourself a cup of tea. Drinking four cups of tea a day lowers your risk of diabetes, heart disease, and more. Second, Yelp is looking for a taco trailblazer to taste tons of tacos nationwide. <laughs> and you'll get I'm paid... In. $20,000 to blog what? about the tacos. And yeah. free tacos? Yeah. <laughs> and finally, in the world of food, this is pretty wild. Do babies develop food tastes while still in the womb? They did ultrasounds on pregnant women and learned that babies smiled after carrots, after mom ate carrots, and scowled over kale. Huh. <laughs> no kidding. That is the coolest thing. That is. I love that story. Have you ever dreamed of living overseas, like maybe living somewhere like Italy? Coming up, we have big news for you. Have you ever dreamed of living overseas? How about Italy? How Mm. would you like to get paid to move there? The stunning Mediterranean island of Sardinia is paying people Mm. $15,000 to move there. No kidding. Why? They're trying to combat dwindling population numbers. Uh, I Google imaged it. Oh, my goodness. Sardinia is famous for its clear waters, Bronze Age ruins, delicious food like locally caught lobster. It has more than 1,200 miles of coastline dotted with sandy beaches. And inside the island, lots of mountains with, get this, my favorite, hiking trails. They did um, a couple of stages of the tour of Italy, cycling. You guys know I'm into cycling. Did a couple of stages there one year. And the scenery was just Unbelievable! I'm in. They'll pay me to move there. Fifteen thousand. I want. Could I? Could we? Could I somehow digitally still do the show and live there? Mm, maybe. <laughs> you'd have to. Let's see. What time would you have to do the show? You're. I don't you'd be care. Way off. I don't care. And you have to use the fifteen thousand dollars to renovate a place. Okay. So to, you can make your own reality TV show wonder, out of it. Wonder how much renovations would cost over there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably On like an island $2 million. where everything has to be boated in. Hmm. So do you believe this? God wants to bless your efforts. I think we all but we, we want that. We ask him to, right? If we're going on a big inve- endeavor or something, we'll always ask God to bless. I mean, we even ask him to bless a, I don't know, bag of chips, right? We're like, you know, say a blessing real quick before you eat your food. So uh, I read a devotion this morning, could not wait to share it with you guys. It's very simple about God and blessing your efforts. We'll talk about it next. Okay, so I read something this morning, Taylor, and I could not wait to share it with you guys today. Uh, God wants to bless your efforts. I think we all believe that. We want to think like God wants to, you know, when we're really trying, putting our best foot forward and we're doing something, especially if it's, you know, for him and then uh, and everything should be. We want to think God's going to bless that, right? So it's like, God wants to bless your efforts, but he has to have efforts to bless. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the whole thing was talking about going through one of those dry seasons where you're just like, you know, is it, does this even matter? Maybe your prayer life is a little meh. You know, it's all, it, no, put in the effort. Put in the effort even when you don't feel like it. And and the, the thing that they also brought to light was so many times we look at efforts, you know, when, when it relates to spiritual things or growth with God or or whatever, it's got to be something massive. I'm going on a missions trip, or I'm going to volunteer eight days a week at the homeless shelter. It's got to be something massive, right? And they were like, no. The effort means praying when you don't feel like it, being nice when you don't, you've had a bad day, giving somebody a compliment, even just giving somebody a smile is an effort on behalf of God. So put the effort in, give him something to bless, 
and see what happens. I thought that was the coolest thing. God wants to bless your effort, but he has to have some effort to bless to begin with. (laughs) So one more thought on this. God wants to bless your efforts, but he has to have efforts to bless. Um, One of the things about that is we also have to trust Right. That uh, those efforts are being blessed and we may never even see that. And Mm -hmm. I think of like when we've done fundraisers to help people in third world countries, you know, we'll even say it on those days. You'll you'll probably never meet those people this side of heaven. You you won't know what your donation has done to bring somebody clean drinking water and how that how something as simple as that radically changes that person in that family's life from what they have to do. I mean, they probably had spent their entire days just getting clean water before. And now because you donated 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever, they now no longer have to do that and they can pursue education or making a living or other things. So you won't see that this side of heaven, but God in fact did bless your effort. You just didn't get to see it. So you do have to trust like all of this is for something, even if I don't see it or experience it myself. It is wild how much of life and Christianity is just being faithful in the little things. Right. Absolutely. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. You know that little voice inside of you that tells you to do the right thing? You know, the Holy Spirit. Well, check out this story. Raquel lives in Denver and was devastated when she finished playing tennis and realized she lost the engagement ring her late fiancé Tim had given her. She went to the local news to see if they could get the word out. Turns out a dude named Dude... (laughs) Yep, that's his name. Found the ring, and he hadn't seen the news. Temptations was to go pawn it or to find a jeweler, tell me more about it. But really, my faith told me just to hold on to it and just wait and listen. Yeah, so his temptation was to pawn it, but he Mm. said his faith told him just wait. Well, eventually, he heard some people at the restaurant where he works talking about the ring and was able to give it back. And of course, Raquel was in tears because it's her late fiance. So that yeah. is a treasure to have that ring back. No kidding. Wow, that's really cool. Are you dealing with enforcing curfews with your kids? Coming up, an old school method is gaining new traction. Hey, are you dealing with enforcing curfews with your teenagers? It can be exhausting, especially if you're stuck waiting up for them when you'd rather be asleep. Mm. Well, an old school method for enforcing curfews is gaining new traction. Okay, here's what they did. Before the days of being able to track your kids' every movement through through technology like Mm -hmm. Life360, a lot of parents would set an old school alarm clock by their bed to the curfew time after their child left the house. The teen had to make it home in time for curfew and turn it off or it would wake up mom and dad and they would know the kid was late. And parents loved it because they could go to sleep knowing that they'd be woken up if something was wrong, if their kid didn't show back Mm. up at home. Now, parents today... They're embracing this idea and they're like, I'm, I'm getting on Amazon today and buying me an old school alarm clock. I'm doing this with my kids. No and this one mom tried it and her son has yet to be late for curfew. My wife, no matter how old our kids were or are, she looks out the window and makes sure their cars are in the Aww, driveway. Like that's when so sweet. Our daughter, Amber, who lives in another city now, when she comes home for a few days, if she goes out to see her friends, 
Tracy's out, like, looking out of our bathroom window, which overlooks the driveway, like, multiple times until that car is in the driveway. We should swap curfew stories, like your wife Tracy, like, if you're, like, that mom that no way would this alarm clock story, you know, this alarm clock method work. Or maybe you're like me, you had a curfew, and it was like you were in big trouble if you weren't home by that curfew. We'd love to hear your stories. What's curfew like in your family? I know so many moms, even though they have Life 360 on their kids' phones, they will not go to sleep until their child gets home. But I got in some big trouble when I was a teenager with the whole curfew thing. I'll tell you that story in just a minute. Talking about uh, missing curfew, I cannot imagine you, Taylor, Mm -hmm. knowing you now that you were ever even 15 seconds late for Mm. curfew. Well, I, I I don't know how late I was this time, but I, I was in big trouble. And in a lot of ways, it wasn't my fault. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know that sounds now, we're hearing, like we're hearing 15 year old Taylor. It wasn't my fault. Yes. No, seriously. You be the judge. You totally okay. can judge All me. Right. That's the only reason I'm on the radio. So it. people can judge me. So here's here's the deal. See whose fault it was. Um, I was in youth group and my youth pastor, Dave Miller, And my boyfriend at the time, Greg Lambert, gave me a ride home after youth group. And I think we had probably gone out for like pizza or something afterwards. And I was watching the time, had to get back for curfew. But what I had them do is drop me off at the neighbor's house because I was feeding their cat. And their cat was an outdoor cat. And the the cat food was kept in the garage. And I I was kind of creeped out. I walked in this dark garage and I lift up the cat bowl and all these roaches jumped out. I was like, "Ah!" so I was already kind of really ramped up and freaked out already. And so I fed the cat and then I had this really dark walk home down there. This neighbor's long driveway got to hop the fence and get home to my house. Okay. so I'm already keep in mind, I'm freaked out. It's dark. It's creepy Mm -hmm. roaches. And I'm walking down that driveway and all of a sudden, out of the bushes, come my youth pastor and my boyfriend, and they're going. <laughs> and the blood curdling scream that came out of me bolted my parents straight up in bed. My poor dad, who by then had been diagnosed with MS, was trying to put his pants on to go rescue his daughter. And let's just say it was not a good night for me. And thankfully, Dave and Greg drove by the house the next day and did a formal apology to my parents for scaring them to death thinking their daughter was being attacked. So, I don't know. Tell me if that's my fault or not. I guess because I screamed it's my fault. More important part of the story is dad was youth group shopping the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of youth pastor that is, uh, but you're not going back there. <laughs> so you'd think with four kids, we'd have a story or two about our kids missing uh, curfew. Um, but they they never really, I don't know that we ever set a curfew with them because we always knew where they were mm-hmm. and what they were doing. Like the latest that our kids would be out, two of them were in marching band. And if they had an away football game, we knew it was going to be late getting home. Mm -hmm. And until they started driving, we'd have to, you know, go to the school at O-Dark 30 to pick Uh, them up at whatever, you know, two o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was that they got back. But other than that, it was always like, I don't know, youth group stuff. And our, our kids were homebodies. My wife and I would tease each other about 
how dorky and non-problematic <laughs> our kid. That's our a kids high were. class problem. Yeah. Oh, oh, so grateful. I always had to be so home by eleven, yeah. no matter what. Eleven was the curfew. Them staying out that late, unless it was like you know, a movie, and they went to the late show. And like I said, we knew where they were, and they were always mm-hmm. home right after. It just wasn't wasn't a huge problem for us. So, and anybody that believes that karma is real should know. No, that is not real. <laughs> because if it were, our kids would have stayed out really, really late because Tracy and I both got in trouble a couple of times for violating said curfew uh-huh. our parents put down for us. So I'm saying we stand where our lives and our kids' lives stand in exact uh, uh, refutation of that as an operating principle. <laughs> so I don't know about you, Kev, but um, I never dreamed that whatever official medical term they give to the technicians who do sonograms mm-hmm. on pregnant bellies, mm-hmm. I never knew it was a dangerous job until just yesterday. Um, there was a friend of mine, and she's got two very active boys. I'm talking like, wow, they're okay. crazy. Okay, And a little girl who's about to turn four. And it was not expected, but she and her husband are pregnant again. No kidding. And (laughs) she was beside herself with emotion, like, God, it has to be another girl. I cannot handle another crazy boy. Please, (laughs) Lord, make it a girl. Please, God, please. (laughs) So she goes in for her sonogram, Mm -hmm. and it is plainer than day that it is another boy (laughs) and she smacked the technician and said get out you can't be telling me this i my body soul and emotions and prayers cannot handle this like it was the tech's fault and and she slapped her she didn't mean any no she wasn't and they both like fell on the floor laughing she didn't hurt her but she definitely smacked the technician like, <laughs> you're giving me the news that I did not want to hear. Wow. Um, but they've, mm. you know, her and her husband have since, you know, had a chance to start getting very excited and praying for a healthy baby boy. But yeah, that little girl, her her one daughter gets to have three brothers, not wow. two, but three. Three protectors. <laughs> Do you have somebody in your life that will text you? Hey, you doing Okay. Someone that checks in on you or maybe you know they've seen something on the news and it's happening near you or they think it's near you. So they'll be like, hey, I'm just checking in. want to make yeah. sure you're okay. Do you have people like that mm-hmm. in your life? For me, that was my mom. My mom would check in on me all the time. Hey, you doing okay? You doing okay? Uh, and I realized yesterday I am irrationally becoming my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you who I texted yesterday. Are you okay? The whole story coming up next. I found out yesterday I am becoming my mom. My mom, who passed away a couple of years ago, she would call. She wasn't big on texting. She would call if there was any inclement weather within like a 500-mile radius of where I was living or where I was traveling. She would be on the edge of her seat. Um, Heaven forbid there be, I don't know, like when we lived in South Florida, if there was... If there was a tropical storm passing 300 miles away, mm-hmm. she would call like seven times. Did you get it? Did you get bottled water? Are you okay? Like as if I was a three-year-old and couldn't. And, That's and hilarious. I'll be totally honest; it would get on my nerves a little bit because she was so persistent with it, and I miss it now. Aww. Just because you take for granted someone cares. Yeah. Someone cares about how you're doing. That's so the best feeling in the world when someone cares about you. I realized last night I am becoming my mom. My wife and I we were watching the news, and they did. 
this live, late-breaking local thing, there was an accident. They're like, this is really going to tie up traffic. And one of the cars in the accident couldn't see the make or model, but it was the same color and style. It was an SUV as what my son drives. And forget the fact that he probably doesn't go anywhere near the intersection where it was. (laughs) I thought... He's been out all day. He's not coming home till later. Who knows? Maybe maybe it was. So I texted him. Hey, just saw an accident on the news. It looked like it might have been your car. Are you okay? Response. Geez, dad, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the cycle continues. The circle of Jeez, life. dad. <laughs> That's hilarious. So think about it. What's your favorite way to relieve stress? There is the funniest new idea. I'm not sure if this would relieve stress in certain people's lives or not. We'll tell you what it is in just a minute. So think about it. What's your favorite way to relieve stress? Um, Wait till you hear the latest and greatest. First, there was goat yoga. Now there's cow cuddling. Yes, (laughs) you actually pay a fee to go out and these cows are supposedly specially trained to when you lay your head on the cow's belly, Mm -hmm. they wrap their heads around you, just like the viral videos of cows cuddling on social media. Well, I found uh, a a lady who shelled out some bucks to go cuddle cows, and it did not turn out how she had hoped. They handed her a bucket with some food in it, Mm -hmm. and all the calves came running, and she was like, this is my moment. They're coming. They want to cuddle with me. And they just wanted the food in the bucket. She mis- she mistook uh, a stampede for cuddling intentions. <laughs> yes. it, was, now, it was all going great till they right. tram- trampled me under hoof. Now, maybe this was the particular cows she went to go see. Maybe there are cows that really are trained to wrap their head around yeah. you, but not this Instagram lady. Yeah. It did not turn out yeah. as well as she had hoped. You don't want an ill-tempered cow, that's for sure. That's bad news. That could be an utter disaster yeah i don't know if i would be in the mood to be cuddled by a cow <laughs> might be a little slobbery taylor stay in your lane you're going into dad joke land now <laughs> <laughs> stay in my lane <laughs> that is i i don't think i would be down for that that's why i have a dog for i don't need to cuddle a cow that's why i have a puppy so, uh, Cav, you know what's so funny about this cow cuddling thing? You know, it's the next thing after goat yoga. Other than the fact um, that what's funny is self-evident? What? <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it has throws to your hometown. These cows are in Ellicott City, Maryland. No kidding. That's and where my dad was born and raised. Yeah. They just turn. It's Mary's Land Farm. If your dad wants to go by and cuddle the cows, that'd be a fun gift for him. It's three yeah, Jersey steers that, <laughs> that all turned six month old on September 1st. Their names are Snap, Crackle, and Pop, Aww. otherwise known as the Crispy Crew. And uh, they train them for cow hug therapy. Like they train them to wrap their head around you when you put their your head on their belly. And you can also feed and brush the calves as well. And they say <laughs> what the the reason the cattle the, listen to the propaganda. This is really good stuff. <laughs> Think picture Shark Tank. The cattle have a calming effect because the animals have warmer body temperatures and slower mm-hmm. heart rates than mm-hmm. humans. Mm-hmm. And their heart rates lower our heart rate when we spend time with the cattle. And we release oxytocin when we're with them, which is that stress hormone. Okay, we have a lot. We have a lot of people that that live on farms and work in rural areas that uh-huh. listen to the Kevin and Taylor show. We do, yeah. And they know 
They know that people from the city sometimes can't be all that bright. <laughs> this is a great example because Ellicott City is rural. And my dad, when he was a kid, he used to get paid by one of the farmers to call in the cows. He'd get a nickel a cow for every cow he could call into the, I don't know, the stable or the barn. It's or all whatever. done with your voice? He would call them in, yes. But here's what's going on. You can brush and feed the cows. These country people are getting city people to come out yeah. and, quote, cuddle with the cows and do all their work for them. It's and, brilliant. And pay them to do it. Yeah. It's genius. Isn't that fascinating? City folks sometimes just ain't all that bright. <laughs> Give kudos to all the people at Mary's Land Farm in Ellicott sure. City. And if, if, you're, if you're really good, we'll let you clean out the stables, too. <laughs> but only if you're good. <laughs> Are you often exhausted by everything that needs to get done around the house and with the kids in a given day? Well, check out this couple's genius idea. Tara and Brian live in Memphis, and they have three kids. Well, they came up with this idea when their third child was born, little girl. They designed a color-coded worksheet that helps them keep track of chores And they divvied up jobs like grocery shopping, vacuuming, taking out the trash, organizing plans with friends, Mm. picking up the kids. And they also have a weekly chore check-in as a couple and make tweaks to the spreadsheet if necessary. It has been miraculous for their relationship. They both feel like they have way more energy and they also have more time and energy for romance. And uh, it's it's transformed their marriage just by creating a little organizational plan. No kidding. Wow. Look at that. Think about this and we're going to talk about it in a minute. Do you and your kids like to wear band T-shirts? Hey, do you like to wear band T-shirts? I do. Young people love logo shirts for old bands. They do. Even if they've never heard their music. They do. (laughs) And a new poll just backed it up. 25% of Americans have worn a shirt for a band they don't really follow. And for people under 30, it's 41%. The Wall Street Journal uh, talked to a dad who was all excited when his 17-year-old daughter bought a Rolling Stones shirt and a Metallica shirt. But then she couldn't name a single song by either of them. Uh, The Wall Street Journal also talked to a middle school teacher in St. Louis who sees shirts like that every day. And he says he's always let down when kids aren't actually fans Hmm. of those bands. Right. It's a band my dad listened to. I just like the shirt. (laughs) I have a great story about that, by the way. My daughter stole I here's the problem in my house. My kids steal my cool band shirts like I had a Bay City Rollers T-shirt. And that went from, I think all three of my kids, oh, I have four kids, but my three daughters all stole it at one particular time or another. It's finally back in my drawer. All right. But a funny story with my daughter, Amber. And uh, yeah, there was a boomer who called her out on it. And the uh, how it how it unfolded is really funny. I'll tell you that story in a minute. So your kids are probably doing it. They like to wear t-shirts from bands, you know, way back in the day, maybe Journey or... Or Metallica shirts became very popular after the last season of uh, of Stranger Things. But the kids wearing the shirts, they have no idea who the bands are or what their songs were, right? Well, my daughter, Amber, she wore a Bay City Rollers t-shirt. Remember them? And a guy confronted her about it, and she schooled him. We'll talk about it next. You guys remember the band Bay City Rollers, right? Night! I gotta finish it, yeah. Sheldon. <laughs> so uh, I think they they were popular way back in the day, but that song is timeless, right? Everybody knows that song. Right. Um, I bought a Bay City Rollers t-shirt just because I thought, oh, this will be cool. No one has one of these. Oh, I'll grab one of this. Everybody will be like, hey, Bay City Rollers. And sure enough, it happened. 
Well, my kids were like, Dad, who are they? They were probably middle school, elementary school. So my wife, who was a big fan of them back in the day, she goes, oh my gosh, you've never heard their music. So she started playing their music and they became big fans. So my t-shirt quickly disappeared. Well, my daughter, Amber, she's the type of person, she just doesn't listen to a band. If she's listening to a band, she reads and finds out everything she can about the band. And she became like a modern day Bay City Rollers fanatic. She wore the t-shirt all the time. She listened to their albums all the time. She had a favorite roller. So she's walking through Target one day with Tracy and this guy, we'll call him a boomer. So you get a good picture of who he is, walks up to her and goes, like, you know who the Bay City Rollers are. Wouldn't name me one song other than Saturday Night. He picked the wrong kid. (laughs) (laughs) Did she go on a a monologue for five minutes? Like like a quick oral history of the Bay City Rollers, her favorite album, which was not the greatest hits album. and, And the guy just went. Huh? And he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So for every one of us that's ever looked at, you know, like a, I don't know, a 10, 11 or 12 year old wearing a Rolling Stones t-shirt going like, yeah, like they know anything about them. Be careful <laughs> before you ask them if they know anything about them, because with the, with the uh, advent of Google, they very may well know more than you do. So we're talking about my daughter, Amber, and how she wore a Bay City Rollers t-shirt. An old guy confronted her about it and said, you don't know any of their music. And she schooled him on all things Bay City Rollers. Uh, another time that Amber did that, um, we were at a Beatles festival. All Beatles tribute bands. They had Beatles speakers and Beatles stuff they were selling. And one of the speakers was a lady named Prudence Farrow. She was the actress Mia Farrow's sister. And she was the Prudence that John Lennon wrote the song Dear Prudence about. So she was there talking about her experience of Mm -hmm. meeting the Beatles and being a friend of John Lennon and blah, blah, blah. Well, Amber went up to her and started talking to her. And, of course, the first thing you ask someone at a Beatles thing is, well, who's your favorite Beatle? And she said, George George Harrison. And she goes, wow, most people don't say George, especially a young woman like you. She was only like 13 at the time. She goes, why is George your favorite Beatle? Amber downloaded (laughs) why (laughs) George was her favorite Beatle. I'm sure Prudence was sorry she asked the question, you know, 20 minutes later as Amber was still talking. And she looked up at me and she goes, you should be very proud of your daughter. Oh, how sweet. That's hilarious. I wish I could have. I bet you Amber tells both of those stories all the time. So how many people have had someone who a classic song was named after compliment their kid (laughs) i have i love that story